passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. I'm Mike Chipos, man. I got this, yeah. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time to listen to Reese and Dan on the Ankle Pick Pod. Welcome back, Ankle Pickers. We here we're here in a flex spot today. We're recording midday Thursday. We'll get it out to you well whenever Country Club is ready. We have a full panel here today. So PJJ is in order with Parker calling in and both the courts brothers ready to get after it. So this week we have an abbreviated news and notes ahead of us because we covered it last week, whole thing, but we got some more news and notes for you. The, the MMA world is always evolving. And then we got the breakdown itself. Um, great set the spread episode, by the way, if you haven't seen it, it's heartbreaking. It, it is a close one. Yeah. Uh, does, does anyone want to add anything before we kick right into it? I mean, I, I, I know everyone wants to hear the boys' voice. Brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. And Parker. Sponsored by Malort. And shout out Boom. Malort. My name's not Parker, but my middle name is Parkin. <laughs> also, uh, yeah, that's actually, I was going to say special thanks to, but we don't really have a special thanks. So just Jepson's Malort and Believe Podcast Network. It's always a blast working with both of them. Okay. Special thanks to you, Reese. Let's get into news and notes. Abbreviated. Abbreviated, of course, but we'll see. Yeah, how we covered a lot of it take. earlier this week on the Set the Spread episode, but a couple more items. Um, okay, and I'm well, not going I'm not going well, in order just because I'm going by significance here. Well, as I'll go quick and I'll hop in here because as I, I used to do this all the time and I haven't done it as much recently, but for those who just cannot get enough MMA. We have one championship midday Friday. We have Bellator Friday night. We have LFA Friday night. And we have UFC fight night on Saturday. So if you want some extra MMA action, that's what the rundown is this week as far as other promotions that are having cards. I know Bellator one looked pretty good. And LFA had a couple notable names as well. Can I ask you real quick, who do you like in that Pettis uh, Horiguchi fight? I was hoping you'd ask that. Um I always want to say I like Pettis. I I lost. Uh, I bet Pettis to lose against um, Archuleta when they were for the title initially. I, I I don't know, man. That's actually a really good question. I, there's a lot to still be seen. I feel like um, from Hachigori, but I I honestly probably lean him. I think Pettis is gonna. Um, I just don't think Pettis is is title worthy. What about you? I, I agree with you. I have not really been impressed by Pettis. I mean, going all the way back to that Bob Font fight that you mentioned yeah. set the spread. I think Yogi Horiguchi is, I mean, I know he's the favorite, but I think rightfully, rightfully so. And that'll probably be the I didn't side even know that he, I'm on. I didn't even know he was the favorite. How heavy? Uh, there's a one in front of it. I think it's like 140, 150. Honestly, I'm not looking at it. Honestly, sidebar. I mean, Danny and I have such a nice ankle lock cooked up tonight. It's crazy, but that is a nice bet. 140 there. Pettis gets a lot of name value brought with him. You can get a lot of value on him. And it's not like the name value of like paying the tax on McGregor where you think he might actually win. Like Pettis just has the name value without actually bringing like the rest with it. Um, but yeah, so anyways, a couple good cards this week that I love to mention. I'll probably be watching. I'll definitely be watching Bellator and I might try to tune into LFA. Um, okay. Kobe, sorry, 
had to do it. No, that it qualifies as news and notes. Thank you, sir. So here we go. Um, all right. Kevin Lee got released oh. from the UFC with multiple fights remaining on his contract. I'm shocked by that one. Not yeah, shocked, me too. Not shocked as much as him just getting released, but more shocked about them releasing him while he's still under contract. I mean, you have to go back and credit him for, I know he has a lot of losses, but Gregor Gillespie, it shows that he still has bits and pieces there. I guess my question that I really want to ask is, and this is mainly directed at Dan, but everyone else feel to ch chime in. Do we see Kevin Lee again in the UFC? I don't know about the UFC because exactly like you said, it's an interesting way to release him. It, it kind of seems like there were some bad terms or some bad uh, relations behind the scenes. I think we see him very soon in Bellator. I think that he might even hold gold eventually in Bellator. Yeah. Um, but I, I think he's done in the UFC. That's, that's crazy, man. A guy that three years ago today was fighting for the interim lightweight championship is now on his way to another division or another promotion. Yeah, you know, really quickly, sorry. Go for it. But other than the Edson Barbosa win, which is a great win, in 2018 and Gregor Gillespie in 2019, I mean, he dropped a fight to D-Rod. He did lose to Charles Oliveira, but which is like, okay, he's the champion. That's so fine. Um, but RDA, Ally Kinta, Tony Ferguson, I know that is the old Tony, but he's got to win a couple of those. The other thing, too, I think Dana's frustrated with his inability to make weight. I would be frustrated by that, too, honestly, because you see people like Adesanya putting pressure on Dana to like actually take it seriously. And it's really the commission's job, but like, I don't know, man. I, I wait. When, when you when you 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 sign to fight at 155 and you come in at 160, I mean that's that's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. Um, Dana has COVID. Yep, and his whole family and all his family. Now I want to take a step back and not comment as much because I know that my views will drop viewership, but <laughs> but uh, apparently Dana White is taking his medical advice from Joe Rogan, which is causing a stir. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Yeah. I, I don't have much to comment. Just wish him and his family speedy recovery. Yeah. From the flu. You know, Joe Rogan did recover in just about record time. So I, I, I have a whole, that, I have it probably whole, has just as much to do with, you know, the, the, the ability of the human body to fight the virus in different ways as it does the methods that he used. But you know, no, I have wishing a whole for nothing, wishing for nothing the, but the best. I have a whole thing on the ivermectin, but I'm just going to take a chill pill and we're going to start a new podcast, Breaking News, where we just talk politics. <laughs> Joe Rogan seems like a crystal guy to me. I bet, bet he's got like crystals that uh, he uses for healing and whatnot. You know, what? and Danica Patrick. Yeah. Yeah. That's Both crystal I mean, people. Joe Rogan's definitely like out there, but I don't know. The uh, all right. A couple of fight announcements that we didn't get to or that weren't released as of when we recorded on Monday. Um, not going to go in order here, but Jessica I and Manon Foireau, March 5th. Here we go, evil. Here we go. Oh, God. Honestly, to this day, still the most <laughs> cringe thing I've ever seen in sports. Yeah, and M Manon's going to piece her up. I'm excited for yep. that. Yeah, it's going to be a big uh, stepping stone for Foireau. Uh, Mahmoud Muradov and Misha Serkinov, February 26th, TMT. Yeah, happy. Mahmoud's staying more active or being relatively more active than he has been. I think that's kind of one of his downfalls is not having the experience to, to back. Um, I think it's going to be a tough matchup for him. I think that, as we kind of saw, he's really only got that boxing. And, and when that isn't working, there's not so much of a plan B. That, that fight's going to be one. One that we're all very excited for. We have, and this is the last fight now, so we have since just three days of news. Light heavyweight, Jan Blahovich and Alexander Rakic, March 26th. That'll be sweet. Finally. I Now, Dan, who do you like in that one? Uh, right now, I like Jan. I'm wow. feeling, okay. right now, I think Jan will say, and still. But uh, I don't know. 
I, I like Rakic a lot there. I like Rakic a lot there. I think Rakic, if he – I mean, we, he's just been so inactive, but he's – oh, my God, can that man throw some heat. Um, also, Dan, I wanted to mention, John Jones has been very vocal and angry, and he's been blasting Winklejohn for how the gym split up. It's – I know we talked about it a lot, but it is crazy to see that, that fall from grace. Wild. I, I mean – Mike Winklejohn is, is still – he made John Jones more than John Jones made him. Is oh, 100%. So, whatever. Let John Jones have his tantrum. It doesn't take away from the work that they're doing. Yeah, that's it, not even close. Um, just interesting, man. I, I don't know what what's going on with John Bones Jones. I mean, he's really – he's I mean, he's always been off the wagon, but this is an all-time, like, what is going on, man. And he's still not fighting. No. We're, I don't know if we're ever going to see him again. I'm serious. I, there was that video that came out last week uh, with him wrestling. can't remember who it was, but a, a former silver USA silver medalist. Um, and I just saw him going for rides. It, it, it was kind of funny to see him. Yeah. I would have loved to watch that. Should be out there still. That is all I've got for news and notes. Are we going to hit PJJ real quick? Sponsored content. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, this week, or sorry, it's been a, I didn't do this week, but we didn't record when I last time I did it, so I still have some new stuff to talk about. Um, a lot of side mount escapes, more arm lock. Uh, shrimp escape was one of the ones I did from side mounts, and then looking into next week, I get to work on some uh, double ankle sweeps, which I'm excited about. Honestly, just the fucking talking, the terminology, the usage is is getting me a little bit swelled up over here. I love hearing those terms. No, I'm, it's, it's starting to come together. It's, uh, it's, it's weird that like, I could, sometimes when I'm in my classes, like, I don't know all the names and he's just like, I want you to do this, 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 and this progression. And like my body just naturally does it now. Oh my oh, yeah. God. That, that's a dangerous spot to be. You're getting there. We're building a weapon. We are. <laughs> Watch out, Kevin Lee and Bellator. <laughs> I love Kevin Lee. I didn't want to jump in on that. I mean, he was, we were at that fight. We were. He was so swaggy coming out, and that's why he I won. loved him. But and he, and he lost to Ray Janelle. Yeah, ever since I like was on his bandwagon, he's lost. <laughs> <laughs> At Kevin Lee, it is Parker's fault. <laughs> yeah. Also, I wanted to do a sound for this, and my sound for this week is ah. <laughs> okay, that's fine, okay. but you know where the ankle lock is, so so stay patient. I'm not going to be here for that, Kobe. You have to edit this. Sorry, but please put uh, that there. Uh, that is the song from uh, Master of the Sun. Ah! Oh, how did you did you see the new Sunnies last night, boys? No, I didn't. I need to. Thought it was tonight. To be honest, I feel like a bad fan. Oh my god, Parker! Just did two you? episodes last night. Two episodes next week on Wednesdays. Two episodes last night. They were so fucking good. They're just like the old times. It was great. It was actually great. Love that. All right. So we get into this week's card. Do it. Let's talk turkey. Okay. I'm loving that line. Um, Font. UFC fight night. Font v. Aldo. Vegas. UFC Vegas. 40 what? A million? 44. 44. They, that's the one thing about these. They had they have done such a bad job about like numbering them and showing them like what each one's numbered. I but, want them to go back to like naming each fight night, like UFC Vegas Vengeance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They just ran out of words. <laughs> um, okay. So Font Vialdo, and we're going to kick it off. On the prelim, do we have time? Oh, timings, timings. It looks like it starts at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. So, or 6.30 p.m. Eastern. So, 5.30 cards. This one should go pretty late. Slated for 15 fights. Yeah, long prelims. Knock on wood that it happens. We got Luis Smolka versus Vince Morales in the opener. And the line here is Luis Smolka minus 142. Vince Morales plus 122. And this is happening at... Bantamweight. Luis Smolka fought a lot of his career at flyweight, got cut from the UFC during the the, the 
murder of the flyweight division. And now he's kind of made a little bit of a resurgence here in the UFC, beating Jose Quinones and Ryan McDonald, but also getting fights uh, with Matt Schnell and Casey Kenny, which are obviously noteworthy names. And before that, beating Sue Muderji, who's a guy we've backed on this podcast. 100%. And obviously, if, if you've, uh, uh, you're listening to the show and you're a fan of the UFC, you know who Vince Morales is. He's a contender series veteran and has fought, I mean, the likes of Song Yudong, Chris Gutierrez, another vet, Draco Rodriguez, another, uh, not vet, but uh, contender series vet. So you got two guys in here. And, and the line, I think, Dan, doesn't really present a lot of value. It's right around where I thought it would be. Yeah, I agree. Uh, is, is going Morales's way, um, assuming he doesn't get caught in a submission. Oh, I'm actually I, my lean is towards Smolka's way. I think that Smolka's gonna be able to land the takedowns. Morales has always had suspect takedown defense for me, and I, I kind of also give Smolka the power advantage. So I, I think the lines Smolka favored like minus one forty, and I, I was saying that I agree with it because I lean Smolka. Yeah. So I. I think Smolka wins too, but Morales, if he could get, if he can, if he tightened it up at all, I mean, the we all know Smolka's path to victory is the takedown. So I guess the question is that everyone's wondering, everyone's clamoring at their seat is, is Smolka back here or is it a pass at the 140? I don't love the number for me. Uh, like you said, he, he's undersized and undersized trying to initiate a grappling game plan can often go Ari so it's no. not a place where I'm jumping to bet but maybe if the line gets a little bit closer to even I, I won't be able to stop myself interesting so stay tuned and as, at all as always well Danny changed his name but it is at dank wager it has been that for a while at ankle pick pot as well and then at kingpin mma we will release our picks early and so you'll find out there if Luis Smolka officially is a ride or not a lot of green guys. I'm telling you, what's the ankle lock record at these days, Kobe? 27 and 12, 28, something crazy. 27, 12. 27, 12. Very green. So it's 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 definitely you definitely pay to listen. All right, moving up. A heavyweight bout, and it's a short notice fill-in for Jared Vandera fighting Azamat Mirzakanov. And he is an undefeated 10-0 Russian fighter who fought on the contender series. Um, but I believe he fought in the contender series at light heavyweight. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but move up to heavyweight nonetheless. And the line on this one, unsurprisingly is. Oh, Merzananov minus minus one twenty five, Vandera plus one eighty five. I actually thought it'd be higher than that. Um, and interestingly enough, I'm noticing this just as I'm going through my notes. I'm seeing that Morono Gall got moved up to the main card, as we kind of suspected. I don't think we included it as set the spread, but they definitely have the star power to be included in that. And I don't know why they were initially listed so low on the card. So good for them. Yeah. But yeah, getting into this matchup, you mentioned uh, it's up at 265, even though Mirzakhanov uh, normally fights at light heavyweight. He was initially scheduled at light heavyweight against Philippe Linz. And so Vanderaz taking this on short notice, also with a quick turnaround after uh, being like murdered by Alexander Romanov, uh, what was it, in October. So I don't know. I, I think it's a tough spot. I like Mirzakhanov a lot, especially at that short number, as you were mentioning. He's going to have the speed advantage. Um, and the thing you worry about the fight moving up to heavyweight is does Vandera have the one-punch heavyweight knockout power? And, and I just don't think he will. I think that he's more of a volume puncher and, and a damage guy in terms of knocking people out. And Mirzakhanov's speed is just going to be hard for Vander out of land. I, I like Mirzakhanov a lot. There also is power in Mirzakhanov's hands. We're like, I mean, it is a while ago, but he one-punch KO'd Andre Mooney's, um, which mm-hmm. was an awesome – I don't know if you managed to find the tape on that, but uh, I got a pixelated just – quick little snippet of just the knockout. It was fucking awesome. A lot of power in those hands. So I, I, I think that at the very least, uh, Merzikhanov is, is a parlay ad at the very least might be straight, really shocked that it's in the two hundreds, to be honest with you. I think Vandera is the definition of the C word to an extent and beating guys like Hunsucker and Tafa. And then 
honestly not even being overwhelmingly impressive from what I've from what I taped. I, I like Mirzakhanov quite a bit. I mean, and that Romanov beatdown is is the kind that takes years off your career. Turning yeah, around it was, two months later is just I don't know what it's gonna. No, be. it was and beatdowns doing it a disservice. It was worse than that. <laughs> it was a it was a murder. Mm-hmm. And I think we were on um, Romanov. Oh, yeah. We've yeah. been riding Romanov a ton. He's he's a heavyweight prospect. I love crazy yeah. great grappling. Yeah, great grappling and his top control is insane. Yeah. Crazy okay. pressure, crazy great ground and pound. We got a. I almost said Canadian. I don't think that is. Um, I don't know what fucking flag that is. Peru, Claudio Puelles is fighting Chris Gritzmacher. Oh my god! And the line on that is. Puelos, Puelos, uh, minus 103. Gritzmacher, minus 117. Honestly, it blows my mind that Gritz is still getting a minus line anywhere. And, like, look, 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 look. I know Gritzmacher at one time, like, especially when he's on that ultimate fighter, he was, like, kind of American top teens, like, guy to an extent. But he, he's... And we're talking about a guy who lost to Artem Lobov, like bad. Yep. Um, no, that I puts just, it perfectly. And he's in a gatekeeper situation here. Claudio is, is the young 25-year-old prospect who, who beat Jordan Levitt and fared really well in the grappling exchanges in that, which impressed me. Um, and like you said, Chris Gertzmacher is not the kind of guy that I would imagine being a gatekeeper. It's like, it, like the gate must be right for toddlers. <laughs> right. No, like actually like I gatekeeper is the role he's playing here, but it's almost like pink slip defender as well. Like, I mean, he's close to just being like, go somewhere else. I mean, and you also have to remember that uh, Claudio in that fight against Jordan Levitt came in at a big dog too, like plus plus one seventy, and and he got mm-hmm. the job done in, in, he looked good. So, I mean, Grutzmacher is a tough veteran. He's going to bring the fight yeah. and probably drag Puelles into deeper waters than he's used to. But that's just going to, one, help him in, in the long term. And two, if he can't get past Grutzmacher at age 35, he's not going to stick around a ton. Um, no. yeah. I don't have a ton of tape to just have a lot of confidence in Puelles. I don't think it's going to be a big play, but I, this this will see my card. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. The other thing, too, Gritzbacher is a really dirty fighter, not technically that sound. He loves to just get in there, dig his head in the clinch into your solar plex and just kind of throw body shots. I mean, he's going to make it dirty, but it allows you to catch him if you're quicker, if you're more technical, if you fight out of those type of weird bulldog choke-esque type attacks. I'm... I, I like this one a lot. I'm with you on the tape, though. I wish I saw a little more out of Claudio, but mm-hmm. okay. The one um, thing I did see is I'm sure he's the better athlete, and so that's undoubtedly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure that uh, anyone is a better athlete than Chris Gritzonger, honestly. <laughs> Sorry, Gritz. I know we're being harsh on you. Um, now, this one's a fight that was scheduled, got moved, got canceled at one point. It's back. I'm excited as fuck for this one. This is a this one should be a banger. It has the ability to suck, but it should be a banger. Alonzo Manyfield versus William Knight at 205. And Manyfield actually is getting a lot of respect here. He is minus 170. William Knight plus 150. But it's come – I thought it opened it higher. Um, but 170 for Manyfield. No, it's been right around there. So, yeah, Manyfield minus 170. William Knight plus 150. Yeah, this is, like Reese said, this should be a banger. These guys have all the muscle in the world. Uh, just just seeing them walk to the octagon is going to make me regret all the food that I ate on Thanksgiving. But um, I think that Metafield's getting the love because he is the more complete fighter. Knight has the crazy KO power as well, but I think that if Metafield decides to grapple or, or adds it to his game plan, Knight probably won't have an answer for it. Um I also think that they're both going to respect each other's power, at least initially. And, and I'm eyeing that over one and a half uh, with a one in front of it. That that seems like a pretty tasty line. Yeah. I So I'm in a weird spot where I like the over one and a half at minus 150. 
I also think that there's an opportunity to, that a lot of this fight spends in the clinch. And it, there, there might even be an opportunity where William Knight takes this to the mat. But what about fight doesn't go to decision minus 195? That, that's another good one. I think that if they do open it up at all, one of these guys is going to go to sleep. Neither of them has, I mean, the best chin in the world. And we know that they've got power to turn anyone's lights out. Crazy power. Uh, yeah. My, I guess my, the way I'm, I'm seeing it is more just they're, they're going to be really gun shy at the beginning. But do you think the 170 is a price you can pay? Because I feel like a lot of people are going to be eyeing that many field spot. I, I just, it's just a little bit too high. Just a yeah, little. Yeah, I won't be backing either of these fighters. Yeah. I'm really just looking at that over under and and seeing where where it goes. And this is one where it's not like some random fight where you might want a little sweat action. You'll enjoy this fight regardless. You know what I mean? I just it opened at 140. 140 is a lot more palatable than the 170, obviously, but. It's going to be hard to pull the trigger for me as well. Okay, this one is interesting, Dan. I don't know if you know or not, but Mallory Martin's fighting Cheyenne Buys, but her last name is no longer Buys. It's Vlismus. Did they get a divorce? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, she started winning, he started losing. and <laughs> <laughs> That has to be speculation. No, it's 100% speculation, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it is what for, happened it's true it is it is what happened i was trying to find the t on it if they got divorced or not but the, i mean the news isn't that well covered i think but it came for, out on like the same day that jojo wood changed her name and so it was like two uh, fighters changing their name for opposite reasons right <laughs> Very so for all intents and purposes and forever knows for this fight i'm gonna call her shannon buys but after that we'll go to vlismus um fighting mallory martin and the line here is Martin plus 160, buys minus 180, and best fight odds has it as buys. So that's why I just don't want to get too confused. Not that I don't respect their divorce or whatever. Not trying to get canceled before we get started. Listeners know my uh, opinion on women's fights, especially the non-ranked ones like this. It it's, should be dog or pass. Um, Martin has just not impressed me in any of her fights, so it's probably going to be a pass for me. Just never living up to her potential while Cheyenne has kind of exceeded her expectations. She looks really scrappy on the feet, and I definitely trust her to have more of a gas tank, but I don't like laying the juice on on Cheyenne Mary Flismus. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I think I think you're at a point here where if you're seriously considering betting this fight, you got to ask yourself like why and have a very serious reason behind it. Because and if you have that serious edge, let us know. Right. I agree. Feel free to slide into the DMS because right now you got Mallory Martin unimpressive to say the least definitely hasn't lived to her full potential. Phenomenal wrestling doesn't really use it. On the other side, you got buys who has shown, I mean, she's shown the ability to get dominated by Ruiz in that headlock. I have no answer for it. So I'm staying away from this one. And to be completely honest, I might not even watch this one. This might be a flip to college football and get back. Um, not to, but expl- we do want to miss, wish you a very merry Vlismas. Merry Vlismas, everybody. We don't pick religions, but we are in the religion of Shannon Vlismas. All right. Now we're now we're starting to pick up some heat. Jake Matthews versus Jeremiah Wells. And the line, Jake Matthews minus 185, Jeremiah Wells plus 160. And I, I preface this with picking up some heat because Jake Matthews, a guy who's a gamer, was pretty active in 2020. Only seen him once this year against Sean Brady, and he fared okay for fighting Sean Brady. I mean, he's a guy who was a ranked welterweight for a while. And he's fighting a guy like Jeremiah Wells, who you might be saying, who? Only has one fight in the UFC, had a pretty long amateur career, I don't know, 10 years ago or whatever, but he's 35, Dan. And that's something that took me by surprise. When I tape, I write down everyone's age, reach, height just so i have it down see where there might be an edge just on the sheer 
physicality of it all. 35 shocked me for a guy who only has one fight in the UFC. Um, but he's built like a truck. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the dude is absolutely jacked to all hell. But I was shocked to see 35. And sometimes you take that with why did it take him so long to get to the big time? I may be biting off a little bit more than I can chew here. But I will be playing uh, Jeremiah Wells. And wow. here's why. It's, it's just an interesting spot for me. It's, it's not so much something that I saw during taping, because like Reese mentioned, there's just not a lot of high-level tape out there for him. It is a, a philosophy play. It, like you mentioned, Jake Matthews got subbed by Sean Brady in his last bout. Um, Jake Matthews is a guy who's a pretty decorated grappler. He's got the wrestling, and, and to really get out grappled, by, I mean, all, all things considered, it is Sean Brady. I think that was interesting for him. This matchup is with Sean Brady's training partner. There's four UFC fighters at Henzo Gracie. I know I've been screaming my head off about how great of a gym Henzo Gracie in Philly is. Um, there's four UFC fighters. None of them have ever lost. One of them is Jeremiah Wells. For Daniel Gracie out there to look at Jeremiah and say, I mean, you prepared for months for the entire camp with Sean. Do you think you can do the same thing? And for Jeremiah Wells and his coach to confidently say, yes, I fucking can. I like that. I, I really like that. I got to say. And, and I know that I've been made a rich man by following Daniel Gracie in that, the gym in Philly, and I just don't want to stop. I'm not going to lie. I came in here with a probably layoff but lean Jake Matthews. That little two minutes right there. Might be the most valuable two minutes ever. I'm on Jeremiah Wells. I am with you, Dan. You sold me. Well, it's not anything that I'm seeing in the tape. It's just that he's... Oh, no. Your reasoning is so sound. It doesn't even matter what tape. Your reasoning is sound. Because, look, if you look at it just from... And that's other something that only sharps are really aware of. You don't... The average guy isn't like, well, Henzo Gracie's camp's undefeated. He, he's been training for this fight for now two years. Because he was part of that whole training camp for Sean Brady. Let's do it again. Let's run it back. Right, right. It's and then Sean the Brady holes. also, I mean, Sean Brady also has all the notes. I mean, he, he faced him. He got 15 minutes of, of battle in there. Yeah. I just, I, I, the problem is though, is when you look at the equation, Jeremiah Wells is not greater than or equal to Sean Brady. No, he is not. Not and even so close. That's the one fear. That's the one fear. And they're completely different fighters. It's just, I don't know. It's, it, I gotta, I got to back this gym that I think is just the hot hand. And I know the corner is already game planned and, and just beaten the Honestly, shit though, and finished Jake Matthews. Yeah. Honestly, it's as good as re it's a good a reason as there is. I mean, Sean Brady was minus two twenty five against Jake Matthews. The lines basically flipped here, but your reasoning sound o other thing quick, just a little tidbit on this fight. It opened way lower, way closer to even. It was like Jake Matthews minus one forty. Jeremiah Wells plus 120. And so it's steamed up. And for people who aren't aware of what you said, the undefeated Gracie camp, it, it, that line's attractive. I mean, I was, I'm aware of it. And then that line was attracted to me. So it's not, I'm not worried more about sharp action as much as just people getting caught in the trap. I like that, Dan. So is that going to be an official play? It will be, it probably won't be multiple units just because like I said, it's at, it's a philosophy play. I'm betting like on the camp though. and not the fighter. I, I'm I like betting that. on the corner. I'm betting. I'm betting that they've already game planned to expose this guy's holes and they can do it again. And if Pause. I'm Jake Matthews, as a gambler, rule number one: don't chase. He's chasing here. He he took the L. Just just move on, adjust. Now he wants to get it back. He's gonna go right back and fall into the same holes. Moving up the prelims. Brian Bam Bam Barbarena always, always poised for a good one. I almost, I bet him at plus 450 against Vicente Luque. True story. It was a last second knockout away from getting the high volume W against Darian Weeks. And the line is, where is this fight? I'm seeing it close to even. I'm seeing. It's not on best fight odds, so. I'm seeing Brian Barbarena minus 125 plus 105 for Darian Weeks coming back the other way, according to five dimes. Okay. 
Yeah, let's go off that. It's it's not on. They have it. Brian Barberina and Matt Brown on on uh, best fight odds. So Matt Brown's out with COVID. Perfect. So this must they might. We're going with the five times line. Dan, what is it? Uh, it's Barberina minus one twenty five plus one hundred five coming back the other way. Okay, and what do you think on that? What I think is there's been a lot of line movement. I'm seeing it open at more like Brian Barberina minus one ninety. Which and is what I would think on Wednesday, yesterday. Something happened, a lot of sharp action, and it's down at minus 125. See, that's what's interesting is I expect it to be closer to Barbarena at minus whatever. And not that Barbarena deserves that line. I mean, it's not like he's an absolute world beater. He's definitely more of a dirty fighter, high volume, unbelievable chin type fighter. But that action's interesting. One thing I noticed, Dan, is he's fighting out of Kansas or he's fighting out of Missouri. And I instantly thought, oh, he's he's training with James Krause. He's not. Is that a gym I never heard of? Click the list of fighters. No one there. So I wonder what people are seeing that that caused for that heavy action there. Yeah, I'm really curious as well. Um, this wasn't a spot where I was trying to bet either side, really. Uh, one thing that I noticed about Barbarena, like you said, he's always down for an exciting fight. He's got three fight of the night bonuses. They are all in losses. So when he's bringing the action, it's actually not great for him. Um, I wonder how he's going to approach this one. And I wonder if that went into the, the, the sharp action that we're seeing. But like you said, this guy trains out of some random gym in Missouri. If I'm looking at topology, he's the number 14th ranked welterweight in the state of Missouri facing the number 61st ranked welterweight in the world. It, it shouldn't really be this close of a line, which is, but which we're is also, it, it makes it seem like a track, but we're also coming off a Brian Barbarena scrubbing a minus 275 favorite spot against Jason Witt. Right. In a fight where he got taken down eight times and, and got tagged too. If you're getting tagged by Jason, Witt, right. what what's going on? Exactly. Um, so that's, that's why I'm like, I don't, I'm pissed because I want to take a spot against Barbarena, but I just don't know anything about this week's kid. Yeah. I mean, he has a long amateur career. He's 28, finally taking the big steps forward. It, it seems like, I mean, not, it seems like Barbarena has got all the experience on his side. Um, this is a, a guy in weeks who I was watching his fights, and it, it looked to me like his boxing was his best attribute. But when he got announced in that LFA fight uh, at the beginning of this yep. year, they said his wrestling was his best attribute. The so Fabio Charant. Yeah, um, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I watched, maybe I was, he's real well-rounded. And, yeah, and I mean, he, he, he took a boxing bout on the uh, – in – April of this year. So I honestly, here's what I'm saying. Probably won't bet it. Might get drunk and bet it. If I do end up betting it, it won't be officially tracked, but it will be on weeks. Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling I'm the at. same way. And I'm regretting that I didn't get it yesterday afternoon when it was at plus plus one fifty. And I, I don't know what the sharps are seeing, but I'm excited to find out. I mean, the amateur career loans enough to start questioning, maybe backing him. Okay. And we are sharps, by the way, Dan. So, but the sharps that moved this line, cause I didn't do that. I didn't either, but I just wanted to be known that Dan and I are in fact sharp. Someone touched me the other day and they started bleeding. I'm so sharp. <laughs> okay. Tracks. There you go. Consistently winners. Two had the third party sites. Shit. All right. Now I said, we're getting into some heat. I can't even touch my computer for this next one. Zyglas Zumagulov versus Manel Cape. Danny, this one, I'm more excited to hear your breakdown than anything else. Cape is minus 260, Zumagulov plus 220. And, and, and look, I know Zumagulov isn't like your prospect of all prospects, but he does fit the build. He's a guy you've liked in the past. And he's a guy I've backed in the past. And it's gone well for us. Mm-hmm. Manel Cape, though, is a guy who comes in the UFC, drops two, confusingly a lot of gas tank issues but always is coming in minus 250 minus 260 and had a split decision loss against a guy in pantoja who's an absolute beast i mean this manel cape guy's actually legit he's mm-hmm. legit he he had some gas tank issues but 
But 260, Dan, is fucking steep, man. They've got actually really similar uh, career paths, if you look at it. Just absolutely phenomenal uh, records outside the UFC. You mentioned Cape and his Ryzen Championship. Zalgis Zumagulov has a win over Tagir Ulambekov, has a win over Tyson Nam. Um, and then they both got a little bit too big of a too much too much too soon in their debut Pantoja and then Julian Paiva going back at Zalgas. Um, and then after that loss, a disappointing fight. And I think I backed them both in their second fight real pretty big. And, and they lost them both for me and have looked better since what I'm seeing and what I think the betters are seeing and what Vegas is seeing, which is why the line is so big is that Cape just seems to be so much better of an athlete than Zalgus. Zalgus is a guy who's a really phenomenal fighter, great wrestling. His gas tank has had issues, and, and, and that's a real red flag against a guy who's as patient and as just experienced as Cape. And again, I just think that anywhere that this fight goes, Cape is going to be the more capable person, but not, not so much just uh, fighting skill and, and, and martial arts pedigree, but I think that Cape is just a phenomenal athlete. 100% agree. But then that leads to the question, is 260 palatable? Not for me. Maybe in a parlay, but not too many. It it won't be uh, a key part of any parlays. It might be a last leg or something, but I don't know. I, I think that, I think that Zalgus is going to gas again. I think that he's going to try and wrestle Manel Cape and you might see Manel Cape down around or maybe down two rounds and then get a third round knockout. I think that, I don't know. I, I don't I'm worried know. about I, this fight. That could be a, you know what? I, I'm glad you mentioned that. This could be a live bet spot. Have your live bets open because if Cape does drop the first round, he could be a good, he could be a good live bet opportunity. And then on the flip side, if, if Zuma Gulov drops the first round, and is, is losing the second round, but Cape's starting to gas a little bit, that's a live bet opportunity too because Cape has been shown to gas and just become a zombie. Interesting. That, 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 I, Kobe, pull up best fight odds. Click that little parlay checker. I, I'm curious on something here. I want you to add um, Mersikhanov, and I want you to add... Cape for now, for now, for now. And then we got the ankle lock later. And then we also have a couple other that I want to test out. So keep those two in there for now. Moving up. This is a spot that I found palatable. It sounds like Dan, you might also, but it's interesting. Dusko Todorovic versus Maki Patolo at 185. And the line here is Todorovic minus 155. Maki Patolo plus 135. And the line opened at Dusko Todorovic minus 235 and is steamed all the way down to where it is right now. I like Dusko here. And I'm not going to put a ton on it. And the main reason is because of the fact that he hasn't proven to me that he won't keep his chin wide in the air for the taking. That's the one thing that I find so hard when trying to back him is the entire time you're on the edge of the seat being like, don't get caught. Don't get caught. Don't get caught. Put your guard up. Don't, but I just don't see how he loses this fight to Patola. I really don't. I mean, I think no matter where this fight goes, edge Torovic. Yeah. I'm there with you. And I've actually come around since you brought it up pre-show, just looking at his record right here. His only UFC win is Charles bird. Right. I don't think he has a single impressive win in his career, even going through his Bellator career and, and through. He really, Maki Patolo does not have a single impressive win in his career. No. And the losses as of late, I mean, Julian Marquez, Impa is a guy who we think is talented, but super green. Callum Darren Potter. Stewart, Callum, yeah, it's, like, it's really a lot of red flags. I don't think that there should be a one in front of this, the more that I think about it. And so I probably, I'm not probably, I will be with you riding this one. That, and let alone a one, but a 150. I mean, we're talking like it should be closer where Vegas had it in the 230s. Um, Dusko, 
people have gone sour on him because of the fact that he defensively isn't as sound as you would like, especially, especially at the light heavyweight division. It's like, or 185 here, but especially 185. I mean, these guys hit hard. You don't want your chin in the air. But I just, from everything I've seen from Batolo, I just cannot find myself not seeing Dusko winning this fight. I, I just can't picture it. I try. I can't. So Dusko will be an officially tracked play uh, come Saturday for me. Come another officially tracked play come Saturday. Alex Morono versus Mickey Gall at 170. And Morono is minus 230. Mickey Gall plus 190. Kobe, add it. Add that boy. Dan, I'm going to give you the lead on here because, I mean, we talk Morono a lot. We bash Gall a lot. Let's talk about it. Yeah, Morono is just the better fighter than Mickey Gall. Gall still has that submission threat, especially when they're dry. But, I mean, we saw Alex Morono win the grappling exchanges with Anthony Pettis in, in that fight, I want to say, a year ago. And so I really only see no path. I, I, don't see, I just don't see any path to victory for Mickey Gall. He's a guy who doesn't like to get hit, gets dragged into deep waters, and, and is really uncomfortable, as we saw in that Mike Perry fight, a fight that, he could have won pretty easily in all honesty. Morono is like Perry, but way sharper, a better mixed martial artist, but he will bring the fight to you in that same way with that same aggression. I like Morono here a lot. I love him as a parlay piece. I might even play him straight. I don't know. I just think Mickey Gall is, is a sideshow fighter. There's... Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. I mean, Mickey Gall is a guy who – Dana just pumps and pumps and pumps and pumps, but you like look back and you're never sure why. I mean, he hasn't really shown anything. He was on that series looking for a fight with Sage Northcutt, but like the dude really hasn't shown anything. I mean, he's got decent jits at best, but he's losing to 41 year old Diego Sanchez. I mean, this should be a walkthrough in all honesty for Morono, a veteran of the sport. If it's not, I then start to question what Morono's doing, you know, because this is a fight that really should be a win. And I, I think that this uh, yeah, I agree with you if it's not, but he hasn't given me any reason to question that. I thought that he looked decent in that Pettis fight, even though he lost. Like I said, he was winning the grappling exchange. Yeah, I agree. The Cerrone fight was impressive. Zavada was impressive. I like him a lot. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. I'm with you. I he's This should be relatively... A, a walkthrough for Morono, a guy who's just the definition of a veteran. Brendan Allen. Oh, wait, we're on the main card. Parker's not here. So Disha's props. So main card is fucking massive. It actually started on Morono Gall, which we prefaced earlier. It got moved, rightfully so. While we're, while we're here, I, I do have Parker's props. So I'll just read them off real quick. But he's got cool. Morono inside the distance, plus 265. Okay. Ground and ground. Love yeah. it. That one's a good one. Starting off early. Next main card bout, Brendan Allen versus third replacement, Chris Curtis. And Chris Curtis fought just all of three weeks ago or, or two or three weeks ago. But the line here is Brendan Allen minus 345, Chris Curtis plus 285. And unless Dan gives me the, the head shake, no, I want to add Brendan Allen to that parlay that's cooking. Yeah, add Brendan Allen. Definitely. Chris Curtis, definitely not a can. This won't be just a walkover. He's not an afterthought, but he's just not on the same level as Brendan Allen pretty much everywhere. Brendan Allen's a phenomenal grappler. Uh, his hands proved to be a lot improved during that Punahele Soriano fight, and he's tough as nails. The guy can get into uh, a fight in an elevator and, and, and come out fine, as, as we saw in his last fight, too. It, it, this is a good spot. The number's a little big, but... I'm cool with it in parlays. I'm comfortable. The other thing too is if slash when this does hit the mat and Brendan Allen forces the wrestling, I have a feeling you're just at that point counting down until it's, it's over. And it's nothing against Chris Curtis. It's more just Brendan Allen is just that elite at, at grappling. And he's that elite that like, if he takes your back, it's only a matter of time. If he gets you in any sort of, dominant 
position on the mat, it's only a matter of time before the fight's called. The other so, thing about to remember about this is Curtis is going to be undersized in this as well. Um, after that Phil Hawes, he's a guy that switches between 170 and 185 after that Phil Hawes fight, which was also short notice. He got asked in the post-fight interview, are you'd be sticking around at 185? He said, hell no. Here he is back at 185. Right. No, 100%. And it, it's just it's a matter of just the way it all played out. Brendan Allen needed an opponent. Chris Curtis is ready and a gamer. Brendan Allen has gone through two now. Um, but, yeah, Kobe, add Brendan Allen to the parlay if you haven't already. It, it's looking good there. Next up on the main card, the battle of the old people. We got a 40-year-old Clay Guida on one side at lightweight fighting 41-year-old Leonardo Santos on the other side. Line is pretty much where you might expect. Leo Santos minus 180, Clay Guida plus 160 on the other side. I mean, for me, it's just like, look, Leo Santos is a guy who's been bitten by the inactivity bug. He's phenomenal when he does fight. But I, I don't remember if it was injury or if it was just a, a brief retirement stint between 2016 and 2019. Um, but he's just been very inactive since being on the UFC. I mean, he's been he's been fighting since in the UFC since 2013. He just wasn't active enough to really make a name for himself and break into it. I I, I think Leo Santos is is significantly. I don't want to say better, but at their current ages and their current state, I think he's he's the only way, the only guy you can play here. I mean, the Carpenters fought everybody. Guida's fought the who's who. He's been around forever as well. He's a gamer. I just, I just feel like Leo Santos at this current point in their careers it has the edge. Yeah, I agree with you. It's hard for me to lay the 180 on Leo Santos, but like you said – uh, he's a sub threat, always decent counter puncher, veteran of the sport. Um, he's actually got a win over the aforementioned Kevin Lee. That's yeah. good enough and, win, even though Kevin's not in the UFC. <laughs> but yeah. um, I, I don't know. It's the battle of the old wrestlers versus the old Jits guy. It'll be, but I'm not like unexcited for this fight. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. Definitely. And if if you want to back Guida, another as Reese said, veteran of the sport, some of the most octagon time in, at the in dog history. Race. Yeah, he's a dog that'll fight for your money. Probably has a wrestling advantage, even though it might not be so smart to just let Leo play guard. But this will be a fun one, even though it's not one that I'm excited to throw money at. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, Kobe, I think you owe us a couple Parker props. Brendan Allen and also this Guido Santos. Yep, my bad. Uh, He's on Brendan Allen by sub plus 240. He's on Guido by decision plus 260. Not bad. What I wonder what Leo is by sub because because um guida has been subbed like quite a bit i know jim miller subbed him almost instantly um i'm seeing between 315 all the way up to 500 on santos by sub you can play 500 over a FanDuel. that's a number yeah, that's that is a fat number and i actually honestly might make a FanDuel just to play that 500 i like that line there um all right Co-main to the co-main, we got Jimmy Crute, Jamail Hill. We we prefaced it a little bit earlier. We've mentioned this fight on – not only we talked about it on Set the Spread, but we just talked about it in general. Fans of the pod know Jimmy Crute's our boy. We love him. He had a tough go of it with that weird nerve foot thing against Al, uh, Anthony Smith. Jamail Hill on the other side seems like a quick turnaround based on how gruesome that Paul Craig submission looked. But – Nonetheless, a banger at 205. And Jimmy Crute, minus 165. Jamail Hill, plus 145. Lined opened at Jimmy Crute, minus 220. So Hill is getting bet here enough to drop it a good margin. But I personally am still on Crute. I I think Crute has the advantage in all aspects. Might give a little bit on the striking, but you saw... I mean, Jimmy Crute grappled with Paul Craig. Jamail Hill looked like a fish out of water in the grappling. I I think Jimmy Crute actually has some value with the one in front of his name. I agree. And he's going to be bigger and stronger, just tough as they come. Uh, and he's going to be looking to make a statement after that weird end to the Anthony Smith fight right when he started to get momentum. You mentioned that 
Jamal probably has the striking advantage. And although that's true because he's long and rangy and can work behind that jab, he also has a lot of holes, especially when he's exiting combinations. It's a lot of opportunity, I think, if Kroot can connect. Yeah, a thousand percent. But like, it's one of those things too, where it's like, look, if you're, if it's round one, right. And Hill's getting the better room on the feet. Like I lie back crude as a dog because the second it hits the mat, I think the advantage is just going to be very, very apparent personally. Yeah, I agree. And we learned during Anthony Smith fight, you have to literally take away this guy's ability to walk and he's still going to try and fight. Yeah. Even still, he was literally so pissed. I've never seen someone with such a disability arguing, like, let me fucking fight right now. You look at how he handled that weird injury versus like how Sugar handled it. <laughs> Sugar had to be carried out of the octagon. <laughs> Groot's like trying to walk on it. Literally trying to fight on it. Yeah. Co-main event. And this one's just an absolute banger as well. I, you know what? Really quickly, I want to give props up to Dana White, props up to Mick Maynard. This is a, this is actually a sick fight night card. Mm-hmm. Rafael Fiziev versus Brad Riddell. And the line has, it seems to be bouncing back and forth. Right now, it's Fiziev minus 120 and Brad Riddell plus 100. Look, Dan, we talked about it on Set the Spread. We talked about it a, a, just a lot in general on and off the pod. We, we, I know we both love uh, Fiziev. I know we both love Riddell. For me, I wish Riddell had a little bit more juice behind him, like plus 120, plus 130, plus 140, which I really thought it would be at. But I'm taking Riddell here. I, I really am just taking Riddell. The dude's an absolute gamer. And look, Fiziev's going to throw hard body kicks early. He's going to throw hard leg kicks early. He's going to throw fucking hard. But Riddell's impossible to get out of there. And as the fight wears on, and as, you saw it in the Bobby Green fight that I watched back, Fiziev throws a lot early, then throws a couple hard ones in the middle, just really hard, like saves up, throws everything into it, and then plays survival mode. Brad Riddell is going to capitalize hard on that. I, I, I like Riddell here. Having him with a plus in front of his name, although it's even, is just that much sweeter. I agree with you. I, I, I really do. I think that, like you said, Brad Riddell is the more consistent fighter over the 15 minutes. He's just going to put it on you and it's not going to stop. Fiziev is going to start fast and try and land hard and try and make you kind of quit mentally. And he looks really impressive when he's landing and, and, and whatnot. But I think that Brad Riddell is an equally high level of a Muay Thai striker as Fiziev. I don't think that either guy oh, is going to style on them. And it's, if you're going to give me plus money in a 50-50 shot, I'm going to make money most of the time. And in this case, I think that it's more than 50-50. I like Riddell. Right. And the thing is, is look, we talked about this on set the spread. We both agreed that the Muay Thai advantage probably goes fizzy just because he's the head coach of Tiger Muay Thai. Riddell was training with Tiger Muay Thai. That's fine. That's hunches, but I I think that's a pretty safe bet to say. I think Mm -hmm. that's fair. But then you pull the fight back a little bit farther. You look at gas tank. You look at wrestling. You look at, I don't want to say jits, but I mean, Riddell just- I don't has, think we'll see any jits. Yeah, I don't think we'll see. That's why I didn't even want to say it. But you're looking at advantages that you got to give towards Riddell. And that's why I think that this, this even if the Muay Thai bout deserves a line of 120 even or 130 plus 110, the, a mixed martial arts bout does not. I, I think that it, it, it should be favoring or leaning towards Riddell just slightly. I think there's going to be a nice coming out party for Riddell, to be honest. I think a lot of more casual fans are going to really understand what this guy's about. Yeah, we got two more props for you that we skipped. Um, Parker was on Crute knockout plus 300. Okay. Knockout. And Riddell decision plus 190. Plus 190. I mean, I do I do think that, that this fight does go the distance. It does end by in, this, in decision. Um, assuming Riddell does it because the guy who's going to have the knockout power, Eileen Fiziev, I believe it is going to be such a Muay Thai bout, though. There's a lot of questions to ask about this one, honestly. Sorry, I'm just talking myself in circles over here. That's going to be so much fun, though. Yeah, it's going to be an absolute blast. Did we want crude added to this parlay, by the way? No, <laughs> no, it, it's All we're right. I'm happy where we're at, and then we got 
the Kobe's going to insert the sound, but we got the King of Rio. Kick it to Parker. Hey, Parker, play your sound. Hey, Parker, give us the sound. Ah. King of Rio, Jose Aldo versus Bobby Rob Font. And the line, and 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 brace yourself if you didn't list, uh, listen to set the spread. The line is Aldo plus 120, Bobby Font minus 140. And I was on this on set the spread. I have since, after taping a lot, have 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 changed my mind. I'm on the King of Rio here. Plus 120 is a, a beautiful line for it. And it is officially the ankle lock of the week. Book it. Now, Dan was on Aldo from the beginning. And so it'd be a disservice for me to rant on the ankle lock and not have Dan say what he saw from the very get-go. Dan, Jose Aldo's our ankle lock at plus 120. Underdog ankle lock, looking to advance it to 28 and 12. Yeah, this is a no-brainer bet for me in so many different ways. You got Jose Aldo with a plus in front of him. When has that ever happened in his career? I mean, given the Piotr Jan fight and whatnot, and it looks like from what I saw against Pedro Munoz, the classic pre-McGregor Aldo is back. He looked so phenomenal. Those leg kicks looked so brutal. And Rob Font's a guy who I noticed this week, even after say, setting set the or taping set the spread loves to stand heavy on that front foot and that boxing stance that a lot of the new England cartel has like Kelvin cater. I think Jose Aldo is just going to chop up that leg. I think that there's going to be a hamper Bob font by the second or third round. And I mean, we were mentioning the MMA math, if we're going to call it because of the stupid Marlon Marias Aldo decision. But we also have to remember that the font Marias fight was two months after the Sanhagen spinning wheel kick. He came into that. And, and I know that we mentioned Marlon Marias as the most chinny person in the entire sport. He was extra chinny in that fight. I, I don't know. I just think that every single place that this fight goes, I'm going to be excited for the King of Rio. Um, and I'm not afraid of, of Bob Font's range and his reach. I think that Jose Aldo has dealt with that before. And it's not like the pressure of Rob Font is just going to limit Jose Aldo's game plan in a similar way that Piotr Jan did and then Volkanovsky did and Max Holloway. I mean, those three names I just mentioned are like goaded, goaded martial artists that know how to fight pressure for five rounds without slowing down. Bob Font is not that, that guy. He looked great against Cody Garbrandt, but even in that, it wasn't that it was just like, hard to breathe pressure. And that's what it's going to take to shut down Aldo here. The other thing too, is the reach is not near what I thought it was. It looks like just the, the build is that font is so much longer. It's only an inch and a half. I mean, that's beyond overcomable when you're looking at a guy that has the backlog of fights, like, like he does. I mean, you, you act like I'm acting like he hasn't seen one and a half inch reach advantage before. That's what really swayed me is I thought it'd be even, even more, but I I'm, I'm so glad that I've come around on this one and that we agree. Aldo's going to be a play at the dog price there. And I'm beyond excited to have the ankle lock advance to 28 and 12 Kobe. What's Parker's play here. And if it's anything but Aldo, just scrap it. It is Aldo. I think it was Aldo decision plus 260. I love that. I, I Dan's got a smirk. I'm just so excited to watch Jose Aldo fight. That He is one of the most fun martial artists that has ever made the walk. It really is just an exciting time every time it's King of Rio fight week. And we also, we talked about it briefly, but still the king of the featherweights as well, in my opinion. And I know you share a like opinion. Definitely. And he, he's the oldest 33-year-old in the sport. We talk about that too. But like, he still technically is like right in that prime range. I mean, he's got a lot of gas left in the tank. His boxing is fucking phenomenal. It's so fast. I'm, I, 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 I'm shocked it took me as long to come around as it did. But I'm looking forward to backing him this Saturday. All right, that should do it here for us at the Ankle Pick Pod. Wait, you I want mean, to hear what that parlay pays? 
Oh, I do want and to do we add, do we add Aldo? We do add Aldo, yes. So after adding Aldo, we've got Manel Cape, Osmat Mirzakhanov, Alex Morono, Brendan Allen, Jose Aldo, all to win. And that pays plus 732. Yeah. Yeah. Book it. Book it. I love that. You got a lot of you got three fights in there that are only going to go one way, in my opinion. And then you got the dirty ankle lock. And that I mean, that just doesn't miss. You got a free great night. Yeah, you got a free 732 to one if you want it. 7.32 to one if you want it. Um, But with that, another phenomenal episode here at the Ankle Pick Pod. And we are looking forward to hitting set the spread coming up. What this Sunday, I believe Monday, maybe Sunday, Monday, one of the two. We get frothy. All right. Who wants to hit us with the exit? I'll take it. Let's do it. Take it. Give me a power. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.